You'll have enough of it. Is is he care? Is he one to care about that? Hot. Who? Papa. Papa. I don't give a shit. And welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. We are back again. We're tuning in on a what are we? A Saturday morning now, grand final day. All happening. The first time that we've uh, done a podcast after a game has been played. How are you, Keeney? Joining us again? Yeah, going well. It is grand final day, but uh, more importantly, week seven's underway in the NFL. So to give us a bit of a different look this week with the pod, um, obviously with one game already in the books. So that'll be good. How are you, Hod? Fantastic, boys. I've been out on the golf course the last two days. There's sport everywhere in Melbourne. And just forgive forgive us here. It may be a two-man show today because the Cox Plate is on, the horses are running, and Keeney, I have information, may have 1,400 bets live going. So <laughs> if it's just a two-man show, we apologise. Absolutely. I know Jake always complains when there's gaps in between uh, our thoughts, so... There's an excuse there for Keeney. He, he will be one eye on the screen watching all those races. Uh, we will start with our shout-outs. Give us a shout-out on Twitter, Instagram, at EDLpod. We've got a lot of content flying through there now, so well done to the people who have jumped on and are being entertained by that. I will. That's a great uh, point there because the Instagram page, boys, if you're not following yet, jump on there because there's been a few uploads recently and they are a good laugh. So definitely jump on the Instagram page. Very topical, uh, a lot of the posts coming up. But I think what really needs to be spoken about when we start this off is, uh, I mean, this music can only mean one thing. (laughs) Bit of calling the gang. Time to celebrate, boys. What are we celebrating? What do you reckon? Good question. A long time coming. I'm celebrating Kenny's dance that he's doing right now. It's (laughs) hilarious. I wish we were releasing the video on this. You thought we were... uh, Some people out there said that we were a bit biased of our team. And we thought we were being quite impartial. Well, now that we've gone 3-0 for the first time ever, look out. Not even OJ's legal team, Papa's Punishers. Who'd you beat, Hod? Scoot. Scoot. Oh. Talk about it. I did drop an F1. I'm going to cut that one out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've just got giddy with celebration. That can only mean, that's right, we knocked off all the top-seeded teams this week, and boy... Uh, those power rankings are looking very different oh, oh, oh. after some of the results of this week. So there's a bit of a teaser there to get you excited. Uh, but before we get to anything like power rankings, we've got to get to the news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us. And I don't like it. All right, we've got uh, the biggest news probably coming across at the moment is Tua. Tua is named the starting QB of Miami, which is in very strange circumstances. And that's probably because whenever these situations of a top 10 QB uh, sitting behind a veteran, it's usually on the back of the veteran absolutely stinking it up. But this is with Fitzpatrick in red hot form. And I've got a sound grab of his interview um, when he was asked about how it feels to be dropped for Tua. 
place, you can actually pinpoint the second when his heart rips in half. And now. There we go. <laughs> that's, that's, he came out and said that his heart hurt all day. And I do like, it, it's, it's a weird one. It, I feel, I do feel for him because it really didn't have to go down this way and it didn't have to happen at this time in the year. But uh, we'll get your thoughts on it. We'll start with, uh, Pod's usually a bit negative. We'll start with the, uh, <laughs> we'll start with your thoughts on, uh, on, on this news. Well, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, Fitzpatrick and uh, it is a very bizarre situation. And, and this guy isn't just a veteran. He is the cult figure of this team, a much loved player who the players rally around. So it's just bizarre how they've come to this decision. It, it was almost premeditated because it's not on the back of him playing poorly. They're at three and three and actually in contention for this division. And I just can't help but think if, if two is thrown in and it doesn't go well, what do they do? Do they ride that out and, and this is the turning point in their season that went badly? And, or do they go back to Fitz? And I can't help but think that he would um, not be at his optimum again um, coming off this news. So let's go more positive, Keeney. Your man, Tua, he's in. Yeah, no, well, as the uh, tour owner in Dynasty, it's certainly um, certainly good news, I suppose. Uh, I agree with you to an extent, Hot. I do think it was, if anything, just strange timing. I don't know if they were mesmerised by his left-handed rollout on play action on that one pass that he had, but um, I'm not sure that was the difference to, to make the quarterback change. But I suppose you look at it from a Dolphins point of view, they move to three and three on the season, maybe... They think, you know, we've actually got a chance in this division. Buffalo have come back to them a little bit. Um, you know, they've obviously spent the number five pick on him. Um, and maybe this is kind of the ceiling play that they're after from a Miami point of view. And they think, well, we've seen a lot of what he can do at practice. We think he's better than Fitz. Let's throw him in there now. It's an interesting decision to throw him in against uh, the Rams and that front. But, you know, they might be, it might just be a ceiling play here and, and he could take us to the, to the top of the division and who knows what happens after that. It'll certainly get the fans excited down in Miami. That's for sure. Definitely. I think, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because you're right, Hod, that if, if it doesn't work out, they're in a very awkward position of what to do. But I wonder whether there's an element of them watching Justin Herbert light it up as well. And they clearly rated Tua higher than Herbert. So maybe they're sort of keen to see what they've got with a team uh, that's actually in pretty good form around him. Hod? And I know Scoot is um, thinking this might be positive. He's got Devontae Parker there. But the fantasy implications for the skill players, what do you, where do you um, sit with Gaskin there, Ben? Uh, yeah, I mean, you could look at it two ways because Tua clearly is a, a mobile quarterback. So that could affect uh, the running back there in Gaskin. But, you know, Mark Ingram, certainly last year when... Um, when Jackson was lighting it up on the ground, he he benefited as a result because the defense has to play, you know, off a little bit and and, uh, and worry about a mobile quarterback. So, I mean, if it means that it improves the offense, it it could just be another bonus for a player like Gaskin. Well, it, typically we've seen uh, running backs do um, score better in an offense with a mobile quarterback. So I think Gaskin is. Is fine there, but is is Tua a mobile quarterback? I know he can evade the pocket, but I'm pretty sure he 
was a pocket passer at Alabama and didn't run or scramble too much. Can I'm just going out on a limb there, but that's what I think. Yeah, potentially. I mean, uh, I didn't watch a lot of Alabama. I know that he can move around, but he, yeah, uh, yeah maybe he's, he's got the ability to do both. I don't know if he's necessarily a player who relies on his legs. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think he's got the capabilities to do it. I think in terms of fantasy and how that impacts everyone else on the Dolphins, I think it's, I think it's very early, obviously, to make the call I think it's worth just having a look and um, seeing what happens there but I will note that it took us I think it was three minutes 46 for Ben to drop Justin Herbert so a nice early mention from him then where it really had nothing to do with tour at all which uh, which was good he got that straight in he got, got both, both in. under the five minute mark amazing tell you, work I'll tell you who I'm not dropping is Baker Mayfield Oof. uh <laughs> all right well <laughs> Yeah, go hard actually before we move on. Oh, I was just I was just gonna say you get your boys in. Well, it's a great segue for Keeney for the next item on the agenda. Yeah. Very true, and that is that uh, it has just been announced today that Antonio Brown is going to Tampa Bay, which highlights that we can never trust the good old Bruce Speak, who said back in March that Antonio just wasn't a fit for that offense. And uh yeah, has this gained momentum with Evans and Godwin out injured? Uh, or is this just the let's please Tom status? Because it does feel like he's sort of saying, I'm here now, get this bloke, get this bloke. And and they're sort of just trying to appease him as best as possible. But you got to think that someone like Tom Brady coming in and obviously players want him there because they want to win and he's a winning quarterback, but it can't be good if you're a, a wide receiver there and and a basket case like Antonio Brown gets requested by your quarterback. How, how do you reckon that would make you feel? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a weird one here. Um, but I just, I just think it is the injury more than anything. Just having the two star receivers out at, at moments this season and, and when they have been out, Brady hasn't really done as well as they'd like. And I, I think the Fournette signing may be of that mould as well. Um, you know, if Frojo were to go out, well, then they're just hoping that it's not much of a, a drop off in a in a win- window that's one or two years, to be frank. So we call, it, we call that the, the Punisher window, I think. That's pun- what that's known as. <laughs> Thoughts, Gainey? Uh Yeah, I tend to agree with you in terms of in terms of dynasty and fantasy. It puts me in an interesting spot because I'm actually quite intrigued with how this is going to look um, as the Antonio Brown owner. I've had a couple of people that have that are somewhat interested in him. But it, the pricing this bloke or putting a value on this guy is very, very hard to do. Um, obviously, it's a risk to whoever. Um, if I was to trade him, whoever would, would, would get him, it'd certainly be a risk. But at the same time, for me, it's I may be underselling him. I'm, I'm really keen to have a look how this actually goes in Tampa. I think he could certainly be a part of this offense. As you said, I think this is all Tom Brady, um, clearly. He's, he's come in and said, well, I played with him last year. I think it just proves that the New England head office was the one, or the front office was the one that got rid of him. Tom would have loved to keep him around. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden, from from sounds like from the get go, that he's been the one that Tom's been asking to get across as soon as the eight week suspension comes up. So um, I'm really intrigued to see how this goes. And they're saying he's probably likely to start in week nine against the Saints. So uh, very very interesting. Be uh, pretty incredible if he does just starting week nine there but who knows i mean he is track record in the last two years he he will definitely uh entertain to say the least and speaking of someone else who seems to be having a few issues off field dwayne haskins in trouble again he's violated 
the COVID-19 protocols and tell you what, this bloke is just losing value by the second in his uh, stock price. He has pretty much just secured the fact that he's not going to be their quarterback in the future, I reckon, with this one. Yeah, I agree. And, I I mean, we could have saved it for a for an overreaction or a crystal ball, but we'll go with it here. And that's that I think it's pretty evident to see what Washington are doing now. I think they're clearly in the, in the tank race here. Um, even by the fact last week against the Giants, they went for two instead of going into overtime. They went to try and either win or lose and ran a questionable play at that to quote-unquote win the game um, they ended up obviously losing so I don't think they'll be too upset with that but um, I can see this being a battle royale for Trevor Lawrence going down the wire between the skins and the jets so I shouldn't call them the skins anymore mm. the uh, well, professional professionals they, they'd have to be tanking for a position other than the quarterback because Flipper Allen is clearly the quarterback <laughs> of the future there in, in the football team land yeah I've, I've heard I've heard it uh, sort of discussed on Twitter that that Washington are competing with the likes of the Jets and our very own DFF for the old tank for Trevor. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a three-horse race. The three-horse race, that one. Uh, But let's let's move to some injury news. There's a couple of uh, injuries that we've got to get through. Keeney, kick it off. Yeah, the first one and probably the biggest one um, is Michael Thomas, who um, looked to be set to return after the ankle injury that's uh, plagued him most of the year, but now it's a hamstring that he's done. Um, he may have punched someone again. We're not too sure, but they're saying it's a, it was a hammy. <laughs> so we'll, <laughs> we'll take them on face value for now. Um, and the other, the other piece of news, uh, which is pretty significant is just the whole Austin Eckler thing at the moment that he was tracking really well a couple of weeks ago, but the coach has come out and looks like they're going to be a lot more cautious with him rather than rush him back. Um, with with Justin Jackson and, and Josh Kelly there at the moment. But with saying that, they both didn't look too great last week, but um, maybe there was a setback there. Not too sure, but looks like it might be another month for, for Austin Eckler. Well, I don't know if it's a setback. Like from the start, four to six weeks for that specific injury seemed very optimistic. Um, so mm. I, I just think it's a it's a any time the hamstring tendons involved, that's that's a long recovery period and he, he's such an explosive player i'd have to think that it's it's more of that yeah that's it oh that was my sort of takeaway is that when you saw that injury happen it looked like it was going to be a long time on the sideline so when it sort of came out initially that it was going to be a two to three week type injury it seems like that didn't sort of match up but uh we'll move to league news here and really the only thing that uh, i think needs to be discussed is the fashion in which the prestige worldwide unfortunately uh, copped a loss this week. And for all those listeners out there who aren't part of the league, basically it came down to uh, Matt's team winning by 0.2 over the San Diego Demons in the last match. He managed to just get over the line. But what uh, eventually came out was that old Robert Tonyan, I believe he is, is a wide receiver slash tight end dual player and Matt, played him in the wide receiver slot, which means that he technically wasn't eligible for those bonus half points per reception that a tight end gets, which the app uh, gave him the score of, which basically meant that he lost one and a half points, uh, which put him to a loss. Now, I guess the hard part of that is that the app didn't do this automatically. And this was something that Keeney and I had to go over the rules and, um, and really weigh up 
based on the wording of the rules and, and the correspondence that we've had, whether it was the right thing to do or not. And I think that after a lot of back and forth, we have come to the right decision. I know Matt probably won't agree with that. But uh, I think in the best interest of the league going forward, I reckon we've made the right call. Keeney, do you want to add anything there? Um, I don't need to add a heap more other than the fact that um, it was a thorough process. I mean, the, the problem was that it obviously impacted the result of the game, which um, is never great. But end of the day, it's kind of, as I kind of mentioned to everyone in that, in that message to the group, it's you got to take that away a little bit and just mm. rule based on what the rule is. And unfortunately for Matt in this case, the rule is that um, his player wasn't eligible for the tight end bonus in the wide receiver position. So, um, you know, unfortunately, as I said, the, the result changed, but it's a good lesson for everyone else, I suppose, that um, next time that happens, either A, get in contact before the week starts if you're unsure about something, um, but B, now that you know kind of what the rule is, that probably won't happen again. Yeah, and this this is an example of a very, very specific um, set of events. So, I mean, we, we tried to cover off on absolutely every scenario prior to the season starting. This was one that we didn't cover off on uh, in our explicit, explicit sort of rundown of the rules. So, yeah, I mean, you, you can't cover every possible scenario, can you? So, yeah, Todd? It's, oh, it's just a shame that, like, you do set out all the rules and like you said, go over everything that you think possible, but it's usually the result that dictates when we find out about these things. Um, so that's the only unfortunate thing. Well, yeah, no. And in this case, it wasn't the result that necessarily made us figure it out. It was that it's the first time that anyone has ever played a dual position player in technically their second spot. And it just so happened that, it was that tight end that was part of it. If it was a running back wide receiver, you wouldn't even know the difference. So it really is the only example of a dual threat position not getting the score that the app says they got. So just a, a uh, yeah unfortunate uh, set of events for Matty Mack in particular there. But we'll move to uh, some of our sort of rumour mill stuff at the moment. I believe that Christopher, somewhere, someone may have anonymously sent you some grapevine news. Yeah, there was a piece of correspondence that just came came to my desk this week, which I'm trickled in. I'm, yeah, just trickled in. If anyone wants to um, slide into our DMs as well, feel free at EDL Pod. Just if there's any sort of rumor mill or any of this going on, please feel free to uh, get in touch and we'll, we'll read it out on the pod. I will say for this one, um, for respect for both parties, I'm going to keep the players involved in the trade and the actual teams anonymous for this one. Um, but it's just interesting to have a look at kind of the dialogue that goes on. So, for example, here we're talking about um, a team looking to trade a running back that's rated in about running back 20 to 30 at the moment. Um, on the year, so I will make that known. Um, I won't tell you specifically who that is, but this is how the dialogue then went. Um, I'm looking, are you interested in this player? Um, that was replied with, well, are you looking for players or picks? And the person with this player did say, I'm after a first rounder plus a player. So just just imagine it's a running back 20 to 30 and he's after a a first round pick and a player to go with that. Um, the 
buyer, let's call him the buyer, said, wow, that's interesting. And the seller said, that's my asking price. And that's, <laughs> that's all I will do it for, basically. Um, and then he said he's the highest rated running back in the league. Hmm. So between 20 and 30 or between 20 and 30, between 20 and 30, he'd have to be 20 if that's the case. (laughs) The case was made. The case was made though. He's the best running back, best rated running back in the league, but he's missed games. So I'm narrowing it down Mm. a little bit further, but that's the reason why he's the best running back in the league. And he's after a first rounder and a player for him. Now, Keeney, uh, as, as someone who uh, is, as part of your job, uh, talking about potential trades and things of players, do you reckon one of the negotiation tactics is to reveal that your player that you're trying to get rid of is injury prone? Is that a, that's a positive to be highlighting to the seller, to the buyer? Uh, yeah, I don't. It's a. It was a lot of one way traffic from the looks of the screenshots that I got. It does sound that way. Well, what I wasn't aware of that Adrian Dodoro is in the EDL league. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's got big dodo. It's got a lot of Adrian about it, doesn't it? A first uh, round and a player. First wow. round and a player. Oh, look, we'll leave it at that. It's an interesting discussion point, I think. Um, again, if you've got any whispers or any grapevine material, please slide in. Or send EDL it through. Pod. Maybe even messages at EDL Pod on Twitter or Instagram. Oh, yeah, I'd love to know the uh, strike rate for trades when there is not a trade offered with players to start. It just starts with a conversation. So perhaps do your due diligence first, and yeah. that sort of speaks for itself when you come up with a trade to start with. It's, as a starting, it's a point. great, it's a very good point that you just say, "I want a pick and a player." Well, what what player are we talking about? Yeah. Specifics <laughs> usually help. What was that? I heard something, then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. And we'll kick it off with the grouse in the week six reviews. Our very own knocking off the top spot, OJ's legal team with a measly 94.86. Now, the cool and the gang, one of three. (laughs) You'll hear it Um, a couple more times. So I have to start off with the incorrect prediction. Um, but I, I did receive a text from Jake uh, and it, it goes, quote, can you three never talk to or about my fantasy gods again? Unquote. He's categorically blamed me for the loss uh, for picking him to win against the 11th ranked team in the power rankings and mocking the holy gods above. So Jake uh, now finds himself in some glorious company and he, he's going to hate this, but he's, he's one of eight teams to score a sub hundred score this year. His fellow compatriots are Camo, Jim, Ben, Manny, Steph, the only multiple sub 100 scorer and his best fantasy mate, Papa. So Jake will be cringing uh, listening to this and we'll welcome to, to the club, mate. <laughs> what? Can I just say, you, you, he may think that all you did was mock the, the holy gods above, but the only people you mocked was me and Benny Parker in the next game, just dismissing us completely in the preview. It was very much, oh, I don't even need to get a prediction right here. This is easy. That's Please. right. You didn't, you didn't even know who I picked. 
You're correct. Yeah. I also think that if, if I knew from the start of the year, that's all it took for, uh, for Jake to cop a loss, I'm going to mock those fantasy gods every week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's easy. But that's enough talking about the loser. Let's give some airtime to the grouse here, who is fresh off a two-game win streak. His team is getting healthy again with AJ Brown and Kittle's back to his best. And we have to note the gutsy performance of the much maligned Carson Wentz, who was on two at halftime. And uh, then the fantasy gods stepped in and he <laughs> cuts out a respectable 29 points against the Ravens in a bit of a comeback there. So the one concern for the grouse, though, has to be Juju. And we all know how much Keeney loves a stat. So here's a juicy one for you. <laughs> A juicy one? A juicy one. Since Antonio Brown left the Steelers two seasons ago, Juju has had one game over 84 yards. So initial wow. reaction to that, Keeney, as the owner? That is a Smith's juicer of a stat. Oh. oh. No, the initial, initial re- reaction is clearly absolutely concerning. Um, and now with big Chase Claypoolos in the mix. Yeah. No, it is. Well, it is a concern. He's still young, um, which is the saving grace. But that can only I can only bring that that uh, stat up for another two years, I reckon, before it's run its course. Well, yeah. you you have got a track record uh, when you either love or dislike something to never seem to let that go and never seem to adjust when things fall around that. So I'm going to watch this one very closely because if he continues on this path. I want to see when is it that you finally give up on the old juju and how long are you going to persist for? Mm, I, won't, I won't give up on him just yet. We'll be okay. Well, I mean, we don't, we, I don't think we have any overreactions this week, but one could be is Jujo. Jujo. <laughs> Jujo. <laughs> is Jude, that, I've, I've got Rojo in my head. Sorry, boys. But <laughs> is Juju just a number two receiver? That, that remains to be seen. So we'll move on, though. Another one. The Park City Lions. Oh, this song just... It gets you up and about, it, doesn't it? It's Katie's wrist going. You know who it's... Papa must love listening to this. Hey? Oh, Go on, Hod. I'll let this play as you read out the scores. What oh, we had the Park City Lions, 108, defeating Papa's Punishers. Another sub-100 score of 93. So, an incorrect prediction here. I, I could, we can do this all day, but uh, this this has always been a fierce rivalry between you two, Ben. Um, going back to obviously obviously the TMD league, but I can't help but think this one stung Papa a bit. So I did say in my prediction uh, last week that these two games were of the lopsided variety. I just had the wrong teams in mind, to be honest. And uh, speaking of accurately predicting, uh, we may be able to dig up last week, but I'm, I'm pretty confident I remember saying that the recently acquired Travis Fulgham would outscore Cooper Cup, T.Y. Hilton, Marvin Jones and DJ Chark. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was my crystal ball, wasn't it? If it was, <laughs> you're a genius. <laughs> but I, I think that's $74 well spent for you, Benny, even if it was just the one win against Papa, that's, that's gold. Um, Kelsey did, did uh, put up a good showing and, and made Cooper have to earn the victory in the end, but um, that, that obviously came easy. Looks to be a favourite target there for the Red Rifle. But um, I can't help but think that the recently shocked 
Miles Gaskin would slide in very nicely to one of Papa's flex positions there over a Marvin Jones or a T.Y. Hilton who are just not uh, delivering how Papa would um, hope. But speaking of T.Y. Hilton, I didn't get up for the early games uh, on Monday morning and I'm glad I didn't because let me air out some of the text messages that were exchanged from the owner of T.Y. Hilton. Uh, we may have to get some some editing involved here. Oh, I can fill in the blanks uh, while you get it. Uh, I, can, I can play a few. Oh, is that, is that what you're going to do? Well, <laughs> just just have the button ready because here we go. This is what I had sent to me at 5:23 a.m. as I was still asleep. Eeyaw. Your team. I've had enough of them. In holding. I'm trying to. And talk. then he's also he's also got on to say. I've had enough of your offensive line holding only when T.Y. scores. They must hate him. Maybe he Nelson's misses. Oh, and your quarterback sucks donkey dick. We've got the donkey. An appropriate eeyore at the end. (laughs) (laughs) So this just paints a picture of how Papa's going at the minute. He's uh, not getting the best out of a couple of players and and obviously feeling the heat. Speaking of how he's going, uh, I reckon that forming sentences <laughs> seems to be just as much of a struggle for him as scoring over 100. Is is a nice little uh, sound grab that we'll treat the listeners to. This is the first real one that we haven't, I haven't got to a conclusion, a unanimous conclusion. But anyway, how I got that, didn't get that one out, did I? <laughs> oh, no, you did not. No, you did not. <laughs> oh. So, mate, every oh. week that he sends us a, a video for our punters club, he is just filling up my soundboard. Oh. I, I'm, I'm running out of space. I've got so much. I mean, I can break it up into... Didn't get that one out, did I? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the next video. I'm going to get another four or five sound grabs. You've got your own like line of Papa's soundboards down the bottom here, Ben. It's, it's very busy. It's very busy. And you can even uh, on this, you can separate the soundboards. I might just start a separate Papa board because I've got that many sound effects that tie up with him, but uh, it was good. I know you said that it's a bit of a rivalry that we've got going. And uh, I mean, what a better way to win to, to score a really average 108. And then on top of that, you've managed to beat, Someone in Papa who really wants to get those wins in the bank. So, no, it was a nice victory and uh, couldn't have been happier to beat Papa this week. <laughs> oh, dearie me. All right, let's move on to the next game. And um, obviously, this was the, the controversial one. The San Diego Demons eventually got the job done, 102.5, beating Prestige Worldwide, the then undefeated Prestige Worldwide. Sorry to rub it in. 101. Two, um, it is hard not to talk about the uh, the stat correction in this one. And I think it'll go down in Empire Dynasty League folklore in as the more. stat correction game, this one. Um, but obviously, due to the closeness of the game, but what really needs to be talked about here, I think, is just how poor the depth players kind of perform from both sides in this one. They both just scraped over 100. If it wasn't for both of their QBs, it was a pretty poor outing from quite a few of their players looking at, Camo's team, Nicole Hardman and Nikhil Harry, who um, was drafted by some other smart owner and then and then <laughs> traded to uh, Camo, both put up zeros. 
Um, so he'll need a, a lift out of those two. Hod's lost it for some unknown reason. Can we cross live to Hod, please? Oh, I didn't realise that Hermione from Harry Potter was on this because you've called him Nikhil. Harry! <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah. yeah oh, that'll be a good sound grab Stuff up for the week. Yeah, Mark the time of that one, Hod. I've got to pick it out. <laughs> anyway, point is... Uh, both both parties there will be hoping for a little bit more in the uh, the old depth department there. What I will say here, can we just talk about the prestige worldwide and how good their defense is at the minute? I've got a nice little stat for you at the moment. So we've played six rounds or six weeks. In four of those weeks, the prestige worldwide have faced a big zizzer. Can we set our lineups correctly or just play someone that's going to put up more than a big zizzle, please? Outstanding zizzle. defense all the same. Um, but going back to this game, though, it really was, it was actually an interesting one before the whole uh, Tonyan incident, just going through um, the scenarios with the Tuesday games to come. Uh, Camo had Mahomes, um, and then it was Gallup v. C.D. Lamb in that Dallas-Arizona game, which I know was a bit stressful for both parties. Gallup was barely targeted, and C.D. got some, some late uh, work Jump. in junk time. But also Gallup dropped an absolute wide open job in the end zone and also got targeted about three times in a row on little fade passes at the goal line, which I know Thais wasn't too happy about. Um, but end of the day, it did, uh, it did come down to the wire, this one. I just want to, before we move on, just want to add, I kind of mentioned at the top, but just for everyone else listening in the league, um, if you are confused about a rule or anything like that, um, don't hesitate to um, get in touch with me, before, preferably before the the round start or the week start or if you don't know um, if you can do something or something doesn't look right just get in touch so that this kind of thing won't happen again in terms of the prediction i got that one wrong but i got it right but i got it wrong i ended up getting it wrong <laughs> but uh and and just before i do move on to the next game, I, w- I would like to thank both of these teams for being understanding when we went through it i mean it's a it's a shit situation to be honest to be brutally honest here to lose with the stat correction um but even though matt kind of disagreed he did I will say he did still take it very well and, and he understood um kind of that the rule was correct in the end so thanks to both parties there I'm not sure that both teams needed to understand didn't Camo come to you pretty quickly with this <laughs> he did but I, I will say Camo was also very much of look if it's going to cause a problem I'm happy to take the loss and move on um no, nah, none of that, Camo. You're in this league now. You push for your wins. Yeah, none of that. He was, crap. he was he was very much diplomatic about it all, and he didn't want to create um, any issues in the league. So, so to both of them, it was um, we. I think end of the day, we got the right decision. So we'll yeah. move on from that, and we'll move on to an interesting match here. The Jim City Stallions won twenty point eight. Um, they ended up losing to the Straight Cash Homies one twenty eight point seven. So. Well, they lose by about eight in the end. An absolute deja vu here with Jimmer. We we flagged it on the pod last week for him to set his alarm and wake up and make sure he didn't have a zero in the lineup. And the ironic thing was he did text me during the week saying, I actually woke up at 3.30 and I didn't see the news and went back to sleep. So he did get up, had a look, and there was nothing there. So he went back to sleep. So I do... I do appreciate that. Um, but if, if he did work it out, he literally, you know, sometimes you say, oh, if I did this or I did that, I could have won. But this one was literally like Jim's only alternatives were either Henderson, which who scored nine, AJ Green scored 13 and Gronk scored 18. So the only alternatives for Jim was to get a win here. So 
So a real, a real costly back-to-back job for Jim. On, on the back of this happening for the second straight week for Jim, I actually um, called him up during the week and just asked him how he felt about it. And this is what he had to say. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. <laughs> if fool me, we can't get fooled again. Where is that he, from? He happened to be at a rock concert at the time, which is why the music was in the background. <laughs> but, oh, but yeah, no, Jim, just uh, fool me once. Shame, shame on you. I think I think Jim Jim went to sleep listening to that. That was amazing. Um, moving on to the winning side of it, though, Timos. It was good to get the win for Timos, um, and he does get some much-needed help back this week with Kamara and DK Metcalf. So to get through that bye with those two guys missing was good for him to get the win. Um, but I will say his depth is going to start getting tested. He's got a few injuries when looking through his team. He's obviously got Dallas Goddard, who's going to be out for a little bit while, uh, a bit longer. Uh, Manuel Sanders just been added to the COVID list as well. We didn't probably mention that in the um, in the interview. Oh, really? But, um, mm. He's one that's been added today. Uh, so Michael Thomas and Sanders are both out. Um, old first-round Freeman, as I like to call him, he got injured um, yesterday. <laughs> so uh, that's not great, great for him. And obviously... Why is he- why is he first round Freeman? Can you just elaborate? Do I need to? That's the going rate. That's for his him, value, isn't it? isn't it? That's his value. That's his value. Um, and I will other say, I will also say that uh, potentially Deontay Johnson back. I, I still rate him very highly. I think he's a big part of this Pittsburgh offense. So not necessarily saying that that limits Claypool's um, fantasy production, but it, it certainly puts a little bit of a dent in terms of where Pittsburgh are going to. Uh, use the ball and also Antonio Brown in Tampa Bay he's got Mike Evans so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of scenario plays out as well I will say just in general Tim's been one of the top scorers in this league so far so um, even though he's not winning the division um, if he can keep scoring well and putting up those big scores he's certainly destined to secure a playoff berth um, even though he is in that competitive division so um all looking pretty good for the straight cash homies going into week seven. Absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll transition to a match where definitely one of the teams is not looking good going into week seven. And that it was the Johnny United's haircut scoring 132.16, defeating the DFF with a 115.72. And uh, yeah, if you had of last week when I made that prediction and I did say that I felt a bit gross making the DFF prediction, that I ended up getting wrong. But if you had have told me last week when I made the prediction that uh, Manny would put up the following scores, McKinnon 3.8, Frank Gore 9, Tyreek Hill 4, Greg Ward 4.9, John Brown zizzer, I would have uh, actually felt pretty comfortable in my DFF prediction. However, means that I probably wouldn't have accounted for the newly acquired Christian Kirk's 21.6 and... Uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year front runner Justin Jefferson dropping a five, just ridiculous. And couple that with the fact that uh, the DFF is an absolute dumpster fire of a team who could not be mirroring his Sam Donald's Jets more if he tried. I think that's where I went wrong in my prediction. So, look, bottom line after reviewing this game is that uh, it's going to be hard for Manny to consistently win games with such inconsistent scoring in his lineup. And I know we've spoken about his running backs there and they're certainly not getting the job done at the moment. Although good news for McKinnon with most of it going down and back on IR again with that ankle injury means that he's boosted his stocks again a little bit. 
Um, yeah, and the other sort of takeaway is that it's going to be even harder for anyone to pry that number one pick out of the DFF's hands uh, with the way his season is tracking. Hod? The DFF has Justin Jefferson in the other league of ours, which he is travelling very nicely. So this is a Dublé win for the DFF. He's he's cemented a win in the other league and he's also cemented a win, if you like, in this league by adding another loss to his Tank for Trevor campaign. I will, I will also just say everyone just needs to calm down a little bit on the just giving Steph the number one pick right now because... As we know, that's a lottery. That's not a it's not a foregone conclusion that he's actually gonna have the number one pick. I was looking at the odds before, um, and the the last or twelfth in our league will have a forty one percent chance of getting that number one pick. So that's not that's not a lock by any by any stretch. What was what was that you said? A foregone conclusion. <laughs> Betty, I was hoping you sprung onto this and put a little sandboard into that one. I've, I've oh, missed it. Oh, wow. Oh, is that... Sorry. We have that. Is that... Unanimous in conclusion. Oh, I forgot it. Damn it. <laughs> Can well, we rerun that? Segment? Let's try it again. Katie, what... <laughs> well, look, I just think that, you know, Steph's currently 12th in the league, but the number one pick for the 12th place getter is not a foregone conclusion. Unanimous in conclusion. <laughs> oh, God. We'll never get Love tired it. of that one. No, that's a good point. It's it's a casino coin flip, the old uh, odds of getting that number one pick when you finish at, at 12 there. So 41%. So you'd want it to pay off DFF with what you're dishing up. And I'm just glad that finally you filled your bloody roster out because you would have got your second strike if you didn't do that going into this week. You are following his roster with a keen eye there, Ben, because you... <laughs> Are obviously wanting to push for that casino coin flip and have the 41%. And you are every week you come on here and make some comment about his starters. Yep. So keen eye it is. No, as, as Keeney and I pointed out at the very beginning that uh, tanking won't be frowned upon, but there's a right and a wrong way to do it. Um, which is sort of why the bottom six is going into the best available score rather than just record for that very reason. But I think if you're not filling out a roster, well, then you're kind of tampering a little bit with that best available score there anyway. But we'll move on to uh, my review of what was the matchup of the week against uh, the Bayside Mm -hmm. Executioners scoring 110 uh, and were defeated by um, one of our very own... There it is. Podcasters here. The real humding is just dropping a whopping 178.22, which also was the highest score of the round and earned uh, Hodgkin Kish for the round. Is that the, I think, second highest score of the season? Keeney? Yeah. Yes. Uh, So, no, a nice, uh, you know, I feel that Hod just sort of sat back the last few weeks looked at those power rankings, didn't appreciate that he was in that sort of second tier. He took exception to the fact that Keeney said there was sort of a top two and then the next category there. And, and Hod just went out and said, hold my beer, boys. I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to show you what my team's made of. Have you got any thoughts, Hod, before I launch into uh, the review of your game? No, not at all. I think you summed it up perfectly there. Keeney, have you got any thoughts being the man who 
I just, yeah. I just think he, he knows what's under the bonnet, Hod. He knows he's got CMC to come back in here. He can taste a little 200 burger. He's just sitting pretty over there. He's look, looking very content, very happy with himself. I know that we didn't outline it at the start of the season, but surely we've got to have some sort of bonus cash thing for uh, if you are the first person to crack a 200. It's going to happen. Ooh. Maybe that's something we can toy out, but... Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's it's edging ever so close each week. So 185 might have been the high score from Thais. But uh, yep. it's definitely going to happen. And he could. Uh, there's a few when you look at the actual potential scores. I think Tim could have potentially scored 200 this week is what I saw. So there's been a few times where someone, if they played the perfect lineup, could have done it. But um, I suppose like most of our matchup of the weeks that we coin, uh, they seem to be the biggest blowouts. Uh, so I don't know if we're putting a moz on the match, but I think it was summed up perfectly early on this match uh, when it was compared to a scene from The Simpsons. Stop! Stop! He's dead. That is how it felt watching Scoot's team take on Hods this week. And he won't like us talking about it in great detail, but uh, yeah, he picked a bad week to pull out his lowest score of the year, old Bayside executioners. And, uh, and boy, did Hod pounce by pulling out his large one i think that was your biggest <laughs> score of the year odd so we definitely got the the polar opposites of both teams here and uh yeah i think that's some of the the biggest humdinging we've seen to date isn't it <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're, a, you're really humdinging you're happy with your work here <laughs> i do like when i type notes about your team it's always a fun one to talk about look uh are usually up and about scooter he was left giftless <laughs> in our chat mm. nothing mm. from him in fact i i got a live cross to um scoot during the matches on monday and that's just what he returned there was absolutely nothing from scoot he and he'll dispute this but he's definitely was on the quiet front compared to a normal scooter week nervous he was nervous <clears throat> he was and hod's love for rojo has well and truly paid off you know I think Keeney and I weren't um, shy in saying that we didn't really like him at all this year and we weren't believers in him, but you stuck by him and, and I'm happy to admit that I was wrong. He, he's definitely looking the goods and um, and having the running back in that offense is going to be a good thing going forward. And as Keeney pointed out, you've got CMC returning hopefully soon. I know there's still a bit of um, sort of mystery around when he's going to come back. Yeah, I, I, it was a week ago they've strung it out the coach again coach speak but he sort of made it seem longer but um the reports now is they're pushing for this thursday night tilt against the falcons and then get a buy-in for a bit of rest after that so that's the latest on cmc the the one of the one of the worst rush defenses in the league as well Mm. so you're saying hod that you're afraid you're awaiting an official rule on whether CMC will come back. And a, an official mat rule. I see what you did there. Are you saying there's no... Yeah, fair. <laughs> are, you, are you saying it's not a foregone conclusion that he'll be back on Thursday? <laughs> well... <laughs> Bed scrambling. It could... I mean, it's it's a, it could be a unanimous... Unanimous uh, conclusion. <laughs> Does he say inclusion or conclusion? I can't even tell. I think um, he says a word. He doesn't say many words. Uh, yeah, look, the executioners, uh, getting back on track here, the executioners players didn't have a bad week when you actually look at his lineup. It's just that none of them had 
an exceptional week. There's a lot of sort of 12s to, to 17 type scores from a lot of Scoots players here. But I think if you're going to uh, be banking on scores in the 130 plus range, you need at least a couple of your players to have that scoring in the 20s. And uh, Scoot didn't really get that out of his players this week. So I, I think Scoot's team will bounce back. But I also think that uh, this week has, has uh, well and truly planted Hod uh, in that top three discussion again in our league. And, and we're going to get to the power ranking soon. So we'll see if that's actually reflected. But, um, yeah, I think there's a lot to take away from this matchup, which was good. I, um, I must admit, when the Monday Night Football graphic came up, um, it was a little alarming to see Larry Fitz as one of the three Cardinal stars on that graphic. And I'm thinking, where's my boy Drake? But um, that really just showed where Drake was leading up to that game. But then my nerves did calm a little bit because I looked over at the Cowboys and there was the red rifle, Andy Dalton, just <laughs> sitting atop in the three stars for the Cowboys. So that's when I thought Drake's on tonight. He's getting back on board. And, uh, yeah, and Scoot and Papa being Cowboys fans will love the fact that we're bringing up Red Rifle's performance in that game. Whew. If I had a stinky sound effect, I'd play it right now, but my God. Look, speaking of stinky, our predictions from last week, 0-6, worst performance <laughs> we've put in. Um, yeah, so nothing's changed in the standings other than we've got more losses to our name. Keeney's dropped under <laughs> 500. Or you were, mate, did you get above 500, mate? No, I didn't. Uh, no. So you've just, uh, yeah. Move on. Moving on. All right. Well, we've got our, <laughs> as we said before, our power rankings to get into. That's the power of love. That's the power of love. And in the power rankings, my goodness, has there been some change? It's always good when there's some movement in our power rankings. And I'll start us off. Well, I say there's been some movement, but definitely not at this spot of the power rankings. At number 12, who's uh, he's starting to wear his concrete shoes here and just cement himself in this spot, and that's the DFF. And uh, I'm surprised, actually, at number 11, the grouse. You're still holding number 11 there, but I reckon if you can continue what you did this week and last week, you won't be there for much longer. Sitting at number 10, who's dropped from number nine last week, he's dropped down a spot, and that's the Gym City Stallions, um, who will definitely be hoping for a bit more out of his team. I definitely don't think he saw himself sitting in this spot at this point in the season. And then rounding out the bottom four is the Park City Lions. We've dropped two spots from number seven last week, and we've just fallen into that bottom, uh, what did you call it? Bottom quadrant. Erdrant. To round out that bottom four there. Yeah, the uh, the two cities just can't escape one another at the minute. They just love hanging around each other at the moment. <laughs> and number eight, we've got this. They are number eight. We've got the San Diego Demons. No change from last week. Bit of a bit of a riser here at number seven. Johnny Unitas haircuts. He's come all the way up from ten up to seven. Is that because um, uh, think, the hairdressers got opened? He's got well, up that's, three spots. Yeah, I did make mention of that. He does look a lot sharper this week. He did and, look uh, a lot sharper. That's power, a very, it was a very bold call. His, his, power, his power rankings have um, certainly been snipped, um, which is good to see. I mean, he only did beat the DFF. Everyone's got a bit excited by that, but um, he's up to seven. <laughs> and now we have a couple of fallers here at five and six. So at number six, we've got the Bayside Executioners. Um, they were at number four last week, down to number six now. 
and Pappas punishes all the way down to number five from number three. And you'll see quite shortly why that is the case, Hod. That's right. We have a couple of movers and shakers up to the top tier. The first one being the straight cash homies. They've moved up two spots um, to number four. And my ranking suggested they'd be higher. But um, the Prestige Worldwide, he's slipped down from two to three um, after that controversial loss. And the, the Humdingers have uh, moved up three spots from number five and very, very narrowly uh, lost top spot to number one, as he likes to refer to himself, OJ's legal team. You couldn't get more narrow, I wouldn't have thought, when it was a tie for points at that number one spot between Hod and Jake. Had to go to a count back there. So that was the only way that Jake held on. But he is, he, every week that passes, he is just clinging on for dear life. So he was a fan of the power rankings when they first came out. He might not be a fan for much longer if this continues. And, and in fairness to the Prestige Worldwide, there is nothing between him and second either. So one, two, and three are basically identical in the power rankings. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a Not surprised to see that after a big win from you, Hod. Mm. People are back on board. Got to keep it up. Hey. Oh, I said it with all due respect. That, no, look, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. It sure, you, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean that. It's in the that. Geneva Convention. Does, look it up. And our week seven previews now. We'll kick it off with the Grouse sitting at two and four, taking on the San Diego Demons, who are also at two and four. And uh, I think this game could be a real turning point for both of these teams for this season. So Keeney's cop some bad luck with injuries early. And Camo's team is well and truly underperforming on where he would have had his preseason predictions and expectations at. So one of these teams will go to three and four, the other... Uh, and be within arm's reach of their division, either one of them. And the other will drop to a two and five and might find it hard to claw back at the halfway point of the season. So I'm interested, um, Keeney, to know who who you're going to be barracking for in this matchup because you've had nothing but love for Camo's team in the last few weeks. And you keep saying they're they're good things and and their time will come. Well, uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this matchup going in? No, it is. A, you're right. You're spot on. It's a massive matchup, really. Like one of these teams are going to go to three and four. Um, and all of a sudden you think, well, okay, they're, they're right in the mix. And on the flip side, which you did mention that two and five, you're basically out of it, aren't you? And maybe the strategy changes once that happens. Um, clearly, I would like myself to win to give myself some sort of slim chance to uh, be in the mix comes final time. But we'll see. I think Kamo will probably get me, but I've started well. So who knows? Well, yeah, you've, you've made your prediction there. But my prediction uh, was that with the recent sort of returns in your team, Keeney, of AJ Brown and Kittle, just to bolster that lineup, I actually see, I see you getting over the line in a very narrow margin. And look, there could be a bit of uh, bias in there in my selection as I hold Camo's number one pick. So oh, yeah. him having a loss is nothing but a good thing. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, so I, I see this game actually being a one, an interesting one in the context of what will happen for both teams. But also, I think this one will go down to the wire a bit. Uh, another great match. There's a lot of good games this week, I must say. It made it very hard to pick the uh, match of the week. So this one was definitely in contention. And that is uh, our very own Hoddick and the Humdingers 
sitting at four and two, taking on the highly rated straight cash homies who were also at four and two, one of the highest scoring teams against one of probably the most informed teams at the moment. So, uh, so this yeah, equally fitting game of that could have been match of the week. Um, and Hod's return to his early season scoring has this matchup uh, well and truly set up to entertain. And I sort of liken Tim's team to the Vikings, funnily enough, who he goes for. And that is that uh, when you sort of go back and review the Vikings, they're sort of, they, they do a lot better than what you maybe think of them on the surface level. And I think that's Tim's team in a nutshell. You look through his team and he's got some good players um, but he's just got a lot of people that score at the moment. So he'll be uh, hoping for Kamara to to do a fair bit of the work for him. He's got a juicy matchup, Kamara, this week. Um, but, yeah, the I've lost my thoughts here. How good is that? <laughs> hey! No, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, for the first time ever, we're doing a podcast uh, after the Thursday night game. Uh, so it's given us a little bit of an insight into how this one's kicked off. And that was Boston Scott versus the number one draft pick, Devonta Freeman. And uh, Boston Scott scoring, what was it in the end, Hod? 13, 14, something in that vein. 16. And Devonta Freeman score 16. Devonta Freeman scoring a 0.8. So it's not a great start uh in this week's matchup for Tim. So he's got a bit of ground to make up there. But my prediction, I'm, I'm going to predict that both Julio and Godwin, they're going to put Hod on their shoulders and they're going to start to carry him off into the sunset, but subsequently both pull their hamstrings in the process. And because of that, uh, it means that Tim is going to ride away with a victory here with Kamara and Kyla doing the majority of his scoring. Well, if I can just comment there. I'm feeling a lot better after your prediction because A, your prediction record from last week's terrible and B, I'm getting the sense that your predictions are based on what your funny pun is or whatever stupid <laughs> thing you come up with and it's not actually what you think. So you got anything to add on that, Ben? Mate, you, uh, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine. <laughs> There could be some truth to that statement, uh, yeah. but I'll never say. Um, yeah, and you can't, you can't say that my ordinary record from last week, none of us got a pick right. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Keeny. All right, go Keeny. I, I think you're bang on. I think, I, I think you're bang on, Hod. I think you've nailed that one. Um, I, can I quickly just, just roll back, Ben? Did you have an issue with where Hod may have started young Boston? Oh, I, I do have an issue, in fact, and this can be another PSA. Do you want to air that out? If you have a player who is playing on a Thursday night game, <laughs> don't put him in the bloody flex spot. Just start him in their position. What do you gain? What you? There's some weird depth chart play that you don't want to upset Kenyon Drake by putting Boston Scott in the starting <laughs> role over him. Exactly right. It's... You, you have your opinion, I have my opinion. It's not like an opinion, to, mate. It's not I like an opinion. to make my players earn their okay. starting position. And then this when you get all... burnt by the fact that Kenyon Drake does an injury in the lead-up to the oh. Sunday games, and then he's stuck there because you've used your flex spot up, good luck. Can I just say, this is also coming from a bloke who used to put Brown ahead of Chubb so he could look at Brown Chubb as he looked at it down the roster. <laughs> <Each> <laughs> Amazing stuff. Yeah. All right, let's move on. 
Speaking of the brown, that was a four AM chub though. So okay. <laughs> I want to know what happens at four AM, bro. Um, speaking of your smelly love chub, let's move on to the <laughs> Park City Lions, who sit at three and three against the uh, against the DFF here at O and six. Well, the big question here is: Is this the uh, a bit of a Trevor Lawrence preview. And, and when I wrote that down, I kind of had to stop and go, well, hold on. Ben's three and three here. Like he traded away Robinson, a nice little piece for him. And, and that kind of signaled the intention of what he was trying to do. But then if he wins this one and goes to four and three, then all of a sudden you could argue, well, he's, he's in the mix in his division. He's in the mix in the whole league overall. So again, it's going to be a fascinating outcome to see kind of what happens and then what develops from that. Looking at Steph's team, just for this week, he's going to be without Joe Mixon, which is unfortunate, but he does have Gio Bernard who can slot right in there, which will be good for him. The tight end situation, though, for him is also pretty interesting. Eifert's out. Um, so he's going to likely have to start either Cole Komet, who I know he took 15 minutes deciding on... Sorry, 15 hours deciding on who to draft in that spot. Ended up with Cole Komet. So maybe he can take an equally equal amount of time to put him into the lineup. Or big Dan Arnold. And I know that Steph's all of a sudden just become this pseudo-Jets fan over the last six weeks, but could this be our first look at the old Darnold and D. Arnold pairing? Wow-wee! It's extraordinary. <laughs> That's not a tumbleweed. I don't yeah. do my own no, soundboard. <laughs> Jeez. Hey. The old Darnold D. Arnold. I'm looking forward to that. He does love the Jets. It's it's concerning how much he sticks up to the Jets at the minute. I he, he probably really sees a lot of Jets in himself. I think we Very we need gay. to start releasing this as a video podcast as well because seeing Hod then trying to signal a tumbleweed no, was one of the funniest himself. things I've seen. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> You're even doing the blowing sound effects. Uh, oh, I'm good at that. Let's let's not go there. <laughs> Oh boy! Um, all right, moving on to the prediction now. I know this. I think the saying is a, a bull in a china shop, but this one's going to be a lion in a DFF factory. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick the Park City Lions in this one. That deserves some tumble. Yeah, oh, that, that was might, brilliant. Might get the double tumbleweed crickets. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, that was that wasn't bad. I liked it. It wasn't too bad. All right, let's move on to the uh, the Jim City Stallions one and five versus the Johnny Unitas haircuts three and three. Another interesting battle this one, um, and I will say that Jim's actual scoring is a lot better than what his record suggests. He might be one and five, but he he has the capability of putting up um, some pretty big scores. The old Jim City variants, as I used to call him. So. He will be thankful that he. this is the last time he doesn't have to deal with one of his quarterbacks on a bye. So he gets that out of the way pretty quickly. Um, so I think it's Cousins on a bye this week. So um, again, he's going to have to play someone else in that super flex position. For Steve, it's Michael Thomas is the big story here. Out for another three weeks. He's, he's prized piece in the uh, startup league, uh, in the startup draft, sorry. And I know he has invested in him pretty heavily in another league. Um, maybe potentially after week one, he went out and bought him and he's hoping that he'd be back in week three or four and he's still sitting out. Um, so I know he won't be too happy with that. Looking at his squad too, his depth has really been challenged this week. A lot of players either out or on by. So in that wide receiver slot, he's going to have to start, or in the flex spot, he's going to have to either start Jeff Smith 
big Ferkso who he got off the uh, waiver wire this week from Tennessee or Will Disley. One of those guys are going to have to go in for Michael Thomas, which is a bit of a uh, unlucky situation for him. He has, though, lucked out with Jarek McKinnon, with most of um, getting injured on the weekend. But will we see a little bit more of Jermichael Hasty, which we saw a bit of last week? So that'll be something to watch with, uh, with him, with Jarek McKinnon and Frank Gordy's running back position. As you touched on before, Ben, we've already kind of seen a game from Philly and the Giants. So he started off with Greg Ward scoring a 12.7, which I no doubt, which no doubt he would be uh, very, very happy with taking that one. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually predict the Jim City Stallions here to go over the top. I just think Manny's death is um, getting really stretched here at the moment. And I just think that um, I think Jim's going to knock him off. I think he's been a little bit unlucky and um, he's a lot better than a one and five team. So, Jim, wake up, check if they're in the lineup, get the W. <laughs> there you have it. Some ordering from the commission. I tried um, last week. He did. He I, really I, did. I could just imagine Jim going, yep, wake up, tick, staring at the roof. Yep, that's enough. <laughs> Back to bed. Uh, Took his advice. Yeah. Um, but I have I have two amazing games here to preview this week. The first one being the Bayside Executioners against Papa's Punishers. Um, so we have two teams at four and two, two blokes putting themselves in real contention this year and... Two blokes who are reeling Cowboys supporters, which must be noted. So um, Scooter's already trotted Deshaun Jackson out in his flex position on Thursday night football um, for a measly 6.1 points. So not a great start there. And while we're on Deshaun Jackson, I might ask Ben, that was a very dirty play by number 45 of the Giants, which um, injured Jackson. Did you have mm. any comments on that? I didn't really like what I saw. Uh yeah, no, that's that's bush league sort of play. That stuff, I'm I'm not a fan of it either. I think the first hit was was okay. I mean, he got him yeah, arguably high, but then the the second bloke coming in when he was already down, um, and his foot was stuck in the ground. I mean, yeah, that you don't want to see that stuff. Blokes like that, I I I think that that's suspension worthy, in my opinion. It was yeah, he didn't have a great night. I don't even know who he is, number forty five, but he also had that. 15-yard penalty that gave Philly a great start on their scoring drive. But uh, we'll move on. There is a few head-to-head matchups. I, I am really looking forward to previewing this game because whether it be same position players on the same team, like Jamal Williams versus Aaron Jones or Marvin Jones versus Kenny Golladay, <laughs> or whether they're head-to-head matchups like Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Brees in their game. Um, so really interesting matchups between the two sides here. And if this is a tight one come Monday night football, the matchup of cup versus Monty and Robinson, um, with the Rams versing the bears, uh, we know there'll be four keen eyes on this one for sure. And I, uh, I'll just add to that, those matchups there that you speak of. I think Aaron Jones has, uh, potentially tweaked his calf during the week. So he's under really? a bit of an injury cloud too. So the swing that could go, depending on that news, would be huge for this matchup too. This We should have known this. We did say last week that Scoot's side will be lost without Jamal Williams. He's, he is the man in this team. And if that's the case, he slots into 
play against Houston, who I'm pretty sure are one of the best matchups for running backs this year. So good intel there, Benny. But uh, for me, this might be the week that Papa's wide receivers get back on track with some good matchups there. And, and he's had production from everywhere else except this position. So I think he'll get the win. Um, but we'll move on. No, well, to... before we move on, I also agree. I, my prediction for this match is that Papa will get the win. Keeney, what's your prediction for this match? Do you tend to agree as well? Yes. <laughs> so if, you, if, if all three it of us... It like a loaded question. If all three of us are predicting that, that Papa is going to win, that would mean that we have... Unanimous inclusion. I would come to a... What's <laughs> up, my sound drop, <laughs> Oh, man. Jesus. Hey, all you have to do is look at the screen just... once and then just go, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, we'll move on from this schmozzle to the matchup of the week. And uh, we have OJ's legal team, a 4-2 and two record versus the Prestige Worldwide uh, at 5-1. and one. Both will be keen to get back on the winner's list after a disappointing week six. And... Matt has some great matchups uh, here that I like across the board and has already started with a respectable 10.9 from Evan Ingram. And I say respectable because Evan Ingram is flat out trash and look no <laughs> further than the drop that would have sealed the win for the Giants and been ac- actually been a really big gain for Ingram. But for a, for a receiving tight end who doesn't offer much in the blocking game, to see his hands on that catch you got to be disturbed being an owner or a Giants fan, I would have thought. But um, mm-hmm. more positive for the Prestige Worldwide is Josh Allen will be keen to get back on track. And after losing Dak, Josh Allen's now the the head honcho here at the quarterback room. And coming, he's come back to earth the last two weeks after his hot start. And there is no better opponent to do that than the much-loved DFF Jets this week. So, Jake... Um, on the other end, has to be concerned with Derek Carr's health. Now, you guys have had a couple of injury updates. I'm pretty sure this week, uh, with Trent Brown going on COVID, that all the starters for the Raiders are also being treated as COVID. Is this has this been confirmed? I don't know if it's officially been confirmed yet, but it's definitely been in uh, discussion. And if that is the case, that's going to be a up. tough one to confidently play Derek Carr this week. Yeah, well, I mean, Tampa's D, look what they just did to Aaron Rodgers uh, last week. So they're, they're a tough play even before the shuffling that might play out for the Raiders um, going into this game with the O-line. But um, Benny Roth has a pretty good matchup here with the Titans D. They've, they've not been too strong this year. And I, I, I did mention Roethlisberger last week. If he's really got to score all these touchdowns um, to put up solid performances. Um, but there aren't too many other matchups that I love. They're all they're all okay for Jake. So for that reason, I, I see Maddie coming out of this six and one and moving OJ's legal team to a record of four and three, which would be an unexpected sight on the standings um, for most mm. of us being being Uno number one. <laughs> he's he's a little upset about that, guys. Can we? Well, just a tad. If we if we must. Talk about it. I'm I'm the one that cost myself my my humble submission, which was the twelfth one, um, cost me the the spot there. But we'll move on. 
wasn't meant to be. I can confirm I just did look there and four of their offensive line starters for the Raiders uh, have been placed on the COVID list. So those for Jim being the Josh Jacobs owner and uh, Jake being the Derek Carr owner, it's definitely going to make you just think about whether they're going to be a great start having four backups sitting there. So yeah, tough one. Um, Tough one to think about, but that sort of brings us the close for this week. I know that we had a lot to get through and it felt like we'd left off things like uh, your crystal balls, Hod. <laughs> um, but we still are no, sitting over an hour here, so it just proves that we love to talk either way. Look, <laughs> that's another pod in the books. Uh, I think this league is well and truly starting to take shape now, not only in the power rankings, but just sort of when you look at these matchups and where everyone's rosters are starting to go with injuries and everything. Um, I just can't wait personally until we get closer to that trade window where you'll really start to see which teams are willing to go all in on this season and where they think they're at. So that's what's getting me excited. That's not that far away, is it, mate? It's only... Three weeks, no, three weeks, three weeks from today. So, getting closer. So, make sure if you haven't done so, check us out on Twitter and Instagram, both at EDL Pod. We've got uh, plenty of league-related memes going up there now, courtesy of Hoddy. He was right on this <laughs> during the week. Um, but boys, it's been a pleasure as always. Any final thoughts, Keeney? Uh, you're all over it, mate. It feels like a real moving week this week, week seven. Um, we're starting to get very, very close to uh, determining what the playoff picture looks like. So good luck again to uh, all in week seven. Absolutely. Thanks, boys. Another good week. And speaking of moving, there's a couple of ponies that I like. So better get on with it. Hodcast over and out. Didn't get that one out, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's never easier. It's good every single week.